helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. don't know of any government that's good at managing money. Over-budget programs, huge deficits, and failed audits are pretty much expected. Yet it seems the American people forget that it's not the United States money that's being mismanaged, but our own. That the appropriations of that money started in the People's House in Congress, the House of Representatives. That the checks from the U.S. Treasury represent our blood, sweat, and tears. When government mismanages the money they take from us, that's bad enough. When they meddle in our own pockets, that's not mismanagement. That's theft. Hello there, Everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study, where we read and study the Constitution. We teach the rising generation to be free. I'm so glad you could join me today. You know, money's one of those touchy subjects. A lot of people get, get very agitated, very animated when you start talking about money. And uh, I, I think it's something, though, we, we really do need to talk about. Sadly, m- most of us are not taught about managing money when we're young. We kind of we're expected to figure it out. They, they don't teach much of it in, in, in the public schools. We don't teach it much at home. And certainly by the time you get to a government office, it seems you have no clue how money actually works. Sadly, even the people that are supposed to be in, in charge of managing the money seem to have no clue about how that stuff works or what their job is. Take this little quote from uh, uh, Secretary of the Treasury Janet Yellen. Uh, During this interview, uh, a poll was brought up where something like 50% of the people surveyed under the age of 30 believe the economy is poor, Uh, to which uh, Secretary Yellen responded, Yet I'm aware of that, and I think it's our job to um, explain to Americans what President Biden has done to improve the economy. Now, I did something weird. I actually went to the Treasury website, treasury.gov, and, and I looked up what is the job, what is the role, what does the Treasury Secretary do? Well, according to the website, the Secretary of the Treasury is responsible for formulating and recommending domestic and international financial, economic, and tax policy, participating in the formulation of broad fiscal policies that have general significance for the economy, and managing the public debt. Funny, I don't see the in that list um, stumping for the president. See, I don't see it as the Treasury Secretary's job. Okay, they're supposed to be form, uh, helping to formulate policy. I could see them advising the president. But this idea that, that her job is to tell you that the president is doing a good job proves that Ms. Yellen and probably most secretaries of the Treasury are nothing more than politicians. They're bureaucrats. Their job isn't to manage, isn't manage money. They don't see their job, I should say, as managing the money. They see their job as promoting whoever's butt sits at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. And I believe this is reinforced by what Ms. Yellen said next. I think as inflation comes down, uh, prices stop rising, and the labor market remains strong, um, 
Americans will begin to see that we have made meaningful progress. Except as inflation goes down, prices don't stop rising. They just don't rise as fast. And anybody with a brain in their head and any sense of, of finances understands inflation means well, prices go up. Actually, the value of the dollar goes down. Until you hit deflation, actually zero inflation would mean prices stop rising. But that's not what she's talking about. She talks about the labor market remaining strong. But uh, the last time I checked, a lot of those numbers were not nearly as strong as, as we keep hearing. Uh, sure, the the unemployment number they keep talking about is is low, but that that number intentionally ignores people who've simply given up. People who are of working age, who are physically able to work, that just they gave up looking for jobs anymore. Um, you know, it, it it's these numbers are interesting. They're 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 twisted. And again, she talks about being strong, but yet with the inflation we have, real wages, in other words, the value of what you get paid keeps going down and has been going down. But according to her, her job is to tell you everything's fine. Pay no attention to the price of the gas station. Don't worry about what you're paying at the grocery store. By the way, energy and and food are two of the numbers they frequently weed out of the inflation number. Pay no attention to that. Our job is to tell you that everything's hunky-dory and President Biden's doing just a wonderful job. Pay no attention to the pain in your stomach Things are going just fine. But there's one other clip from Ms. Yellen I, I want you to hear. And importantly, the administration is making investments in America that will show up in improved conditions um, and more availability of good jobs. Except the government doesn't invest a dime. They don't steal from somebody else first. I do say steal because you look at the Constitution and you tell me where the federal government has the authority to invest a dime in anything. The answer is it's not. It's not paying off the debt. It's not providing for the common defense. It's not the general welfare of the United States, capital U, capital S, proper noun, the Union of States. It's not. Therefore, that's they're talking about money that they stole out of the American economy to give back to the American economy after taking their cut off the top. This is what she refers to as good news about the economy. And hopefully, yeah, you'll get a job, and well, hopefully the, uh, the rate of inflation will not grow as fast as your rate of, of, of uh, 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 your wages, but based on recent history, don't expect that for a while. Why? Well, because the government keeps getting in the way and mismanaging things. For example, do you remember that $7.5 trillion of, uh, of post-COVID number money that the uh, federal government decided they were, they were going to simply make out of thin air to make us all feel better? You know, the, the, the 2020 COVID, March 2020 COVID response, the American Rescue Plan, the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, the 2020 Stimulus Package, the Inflation Reduction Act, the PACT Act, the Non-Defense Appropriations, the Ukraine Supplemental Appropriations, the CHIPS Act. Remember all that? Almost $7.5 trillion the federal government just made up and decided they were going to put into the economy. Guess what it did give us? All that inflation. All that inflation that uh, Ms. Young said, well, it's coming down, except um, 
again, prices are still high. See, it, it, let's say, you know, you look back, gas was $2 a gallon. And through inflation, it got up to seven, five, six, seven dollars a gallon in some places. Now, where I live in Tennessee, it's about $3 a gallon. Understand, inflation could drop to zero today. Gas still costs 50% more than in January 2021. You still have to pay that extra price. That's what all this fake money did. It didn't make life better. It created inflation. You see, contrary to popular opinion, inflation isn't higher prices. Inflation is devalued money. A gallon of gas is worth exactly the same as it, as it was three years ago. But the number of dollars it takes to buy it is more because the dollars are worth less. The gasoline doesn't make your car go any farther. A gallon of gasoline has added no value. It hasn't gotten any better in the last almost three years. But the value of the dollars you used to purchase it have gone down. And they've gone down in large part because this government, and yes, the previous administration as well, convinced Congress, right? Because remember, the federal government can't spend a dime without being appropriated by Congress, convinced Congress to make up trillions of dollars out of thin air and simply borrow money that doesn't exist. It's a shell game, folks. They come along and they say, we need $2 trillion. Okay, well, let's see. We'll make up these fake bonds. And most, most people don't really want those bonds because, well, gee, federal government you know, has already got this huge amount of debt. So they basically go to the Federal Reserve, which makes up money out of thin air. We'll just add a couple zeros to our balance sheet. And sure, we got a couple trillion dollars that we can give you. So the, the, the Federal Reserve borrows money from the federal government with money they made up out of nothing. They basically counterfeited the money. I say basically because, well, the federal government, the Congress tried to authorize them to counterfeit money because it's not actually printing money. They didn't actually coin money. They simply made it up out of thin air. They said, here, just make it up. And we're supposed to believe that since things today aren't as bad as they were last year, Everything's hunky-dory and, and, and things are just great. Well, here's another example. So there was an internal memorandum that uh, was sent among, among the uh, Senate Commerce Committee, at least the Republicans on the committee. And um, the, what they're talking about is preventing the... See, the Biden administration is trying to, to take um, federal DOT funds and use them to strong-arm different states and agencies to promote uh, left-wing agenda, the left-wing agenda. Uh, for example, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg uh, said that uh, they're accepting, they're already getting grant applications for the, the National Infrastructure Project Assistance and, and the Infrastructure for Rebuilding America uh, uh, and Rural Surface Transportation Grants, All right, three rather large grants worth over $5.5 billion. But apparently uh, the, the, there's a problem. See, he said that the, the projects have not sufficiently considered the equity and buried opportunity in their planning as determined by the department. And they'll be the, the people who are submitted applications will be required to do so before they will get any funds. Uh, the document also states that uh, projects have not sufficiently considered climate change and environmental justice in their planning. And determined by as determined by the department, and will be required to do so. 
oh, I see. If you want money to um, uh, to build roads and bridges, money that, by the way, the federal government has no legal authority to tax to to fund roads and bridges. So if you want their their filthy lucre, if you want their illegal dollars, well, then you have to bow to climate change, uh, CRT, equity, all this left wing agenda. See, the Department of Transportation apparently isn't about transportation. It's about promoting a political agenda. Really shouldn't uh, shouldn't uh, surprise anyone. And it's not just the executive branch, because now we have a U.S. Senate panel they, they, that wants to investigate uh, airline fees for baggage, seat selection, ticket changes, and other services. Now, listen, nobody likes paying extra for baggage, right? You show up. You check your bag and think, oh, no, we have to charge you extra because of the number of bags you have or, or how much they weigh. But we never think of the other side of the, of the equation. So imagine two people head to the airport. They go to the same airport. They're on the same flight to the same destination, one of which is carrying a single carry-on bag. The other has, a, has two carry-ons and two check luggage. they got four bags. Now, because you've got more baggage, that means more weight, which means more fuel. It also means more uh, uh, labor costs because those checked bags have to be handled, right? They have to be, they, they get, you drop them off and they have to be put in the sorter and on the plane and then move maybe to another plane and, and then off. The, there's a lot. So there's an extra cost to the airline. But people seem to be upset that the airline says, then we're going to charge you for it. See, what we're going to do is we're going to charge you based on what you cost us. Now, I'm not saying that's exactly what they're doing. And I'm not saying that the way they do it is necessarily fair. But the idea of saying, listen, um, there's a cost to uh, carrying baggage. And we're not going to charge the person who has one carry-on bag the same as a person that has four bags. It costs us more, so we should charge more. But you see... It doesn't look, it looks really good to the people when you have a center going up. See, it's terrible what they're doing and all these fees. You talk about seat selection. Hey, I used to fly a lot. And there are certain seats that are nicer than others. They have more leg room or they're, they're less, they're, they're, they're not near the engines and don't, it's not as loud. Why should they not charge more for those? You're free to choose whether or not you want to pay for that. No one's forcing you to pay extra money to get a better seat. But that's an option for people who, for whom it's worth it. Is it worth the extra money or, to, or is it worth, you know, is it worth saving the money or is it worth the seat? We never talk about that. And then ticket changes. I don't know what the cost is for uh, a ticket change. I don't know how big a deal it is to the, to the uh, airline when people change their tickets. But again, is this really what the federal government is supposed to be doing, meddling in the operation of these airlines? Now, the airlines generally fall under interstate commerce because much of their commerce crosses state and, and international borders. But we're not talking about, about regulating the interstate commerce. We're really talking about um, political grandstanding, showing off for the people back home, and in doing so, meddling with a business that the vast majority of those people on the committee have no clue how it works. They couldn't run an airline if their life depended on it. But they think they have not only the intelligence, but the legal authority to tell airlines how to do their business. Now, listen, if you don't like the way an airline works, well, find an airline that does it better. 
I remember once then uh, Delta Airlines lost my luggage. Hey, it happens. And I, I was dealing with it. It was, it was it was okay until they started lying to me about it. See, I got a phone call one day from Delta Airlines. I'm sorry. No, I had called in Delta Airlines and to check on my luggage. They said they had found the luggage. They told me which flight it would be on and when it would be delivered. Said, okay, that's cool. I then got a phone call later that day from Delta Airlines. This is our, you know, regular check-in. I said, yes, I talked to you earlier. They said they'd found it, uh, that it would be here tomorrow. They said, yes, if they find it. I said, what do you mean if? They told me they had found it. Guess what? I didn't fly Delta for years after that. I called my travel agent, said, get me on somebody other than Delta for my flight home. Because I wasn't going to deal with that. I wasn't going to put up with it. I used to fly, you know, a lot of people make fun of Southwest. I used to fly Southwest because you know what? They had a reasonably organized way of boarding airline, airplanes, and I kinda, it kind of worked. To me, it made a lot more sense than some of the other things the airlines were doing. Why don't we take responsibility for ourselves? If, if you don't like the fees, find a, an airline with lower fees. If you don't like the seat selection, find an airline with better seat selection. And you know what? Airlines are not stupid. They'll figure out that where people go, those are the things that people will like, and that maybe, just maybe, paying extra fees for baggage or seat selection or ticket changes, we may not like it, but we may prefer it to the alternative. Now listen, I have to take a quick break. Before I do, though, head over to AmericaOutloud.news. Do it every day, please, to find the latest news and happenings. But then take that information, take what you learn there, the podcasts, the videos, the articles, the stories, and share them. Let other people know what's going on. By doing so, you work to help secure the blessings of liberty. The buildup of spike proteins is dangerous to your health. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body, removing the spike proteins, allowing your body to repair from within. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus hostile nasal solution. And now we have a throat spray too. crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX Throat Spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. 
So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitution Study. Today we're talking about financial mismanagement. Of course, that pretty much is this pretty much describes finances when you're ever dealing with the government. But we're looking at a couple different things here. Um, you know, we, I started off talking about you know Secretary Yellen, and it's like, oh, it's our job to make the president look good, or rather, no, it's your job to actually manage the money to set policy. Not to blow smoke up all our skirts because the president uh, you work for, his poll numbers are bad. Uh, we, we talked a bit about uh, uh, the Senate panel looking at um, uh, baggage fees for airlines. We talked about um, the, the waste of money that comes with government. Well, let's take a little, slightly different twist on this. You may have heard... Uh, Jim Jordan, chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, um, he subpoenaed Bank of America. Under the you know, they're looking, based, they're seeking information relating to them providing customer data to the FBI voluntarily. All right, let's stop for a second. I am no fan of Bank of America. I've had a well, let's just say a less than stellar history with that particular banking institution. Um, not the reason I'm saying this, but I'll tell you what, I'm not, I wouldn't do business with Bank of America now, knowing that they will simply hand over data to the FBI voluntarily. Now, granted, most of the data we're talking about is their data. It's their bank records. Yes, their records about us, but it's the, they're holding the money. They hold the accounts. Um, they're the ones processing the credit cards. It's their data. If they wish to hand it over to the FBI, uh, that just simply means if you're interested at all in uh, the right against uh, unreasonable searches and seizures, you probably don't want to do business with Bank of America. Now, of course, there's a twist because the data that BOA handed over to the FBI were people that had that made transactions in the Washington, D.C. area. Guess what? January 5th, to January 7th. That's right. If you happen to be a BOA customer and you use your credit or debit card in the Washington, D.C. area on those dates, well, that got handed over to the FBI. No warrant, no probable cause, no oath or affirmation, just hand it all over. See, to me, I look at this in a couple different ways. So on the one hand, um, Bank of America is an untrustworthy bank. Uh, I, I haven't trusted them. Again, it's been decades since I've done any business with Bank of America. Um, the, uh, but, but look at it another way. Whether it's Bank of America or any bank. I was having this discussion last week. Uh, there's, a, there's a group that gets here uh, around here once a month, a little networking uh, group. And I was talking to uh, one of the local bankers that was there. And we were talking about how I like a, a local bank where people, uh, where, where I know people and people know me, and I'm not simply a number, and they're concerned. And, you know, I want a bank that says that the FBI is going to ask for data about me, that they're going to get a warrant. I want these things. And you find them a lot more in local banks than you do in large national banks. That's why I have a couple different accounts with a couple different local banks. 
but it's we should consider it for all things. What about uh, again the companies you you have credit cards with? Um, what about uh, location data from your cell phone? So we 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 look at all these and and we don't stop to think: Are these companies simply handing over data about us without a a a requirement? I I have this ongoing thing with my uh, my accountant. Um, I refuse to use an online accounting software because I don't want my data st stored with a third party that uh, I don't trust to actually um, protect my rights. To uh, say, uh, oh, the FBI, you want uh, you want banking information from Paul Engel. You want uh, accounting information. Uh, sure, as soon as you give us a warrant. No, 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 we just want you to hand it over. No, we're not doing it. We'll give you a subpoena. Not good enough. You need a warrant, and that warrant must be valid. And corporations don't do that because, let's face it, there's very little upside to that. Now, what's interesting is I remember when uh, uh, Apple was asked to create a backdoor into their, their uh, iPhone uh, uh, encryption so that the FBI could read data in, a, in an iPhone that was encrypted, but it, was, it belonged to uh, a suspect, losing a murder suspect. And Apple refused. They, they said, uh, no, if you want to gain access to his data, present him with a warrant. Make him do it. We're not creating a backdoor because that just opens a lot of issues. So, again, I don't trust BOA. Therefore, I won't do business with BOA. But I also want to look at this from another standpoint, because to me, I also see this as, as Jim Jordan playing a political game. All right. He's also he's looking at this data because, again, he wants brownie points with his with his base. Uh, see, we're going after the big bad banks and handed over this data to the big bad FBI. Um, I'm much more leaning towards this being done for political purposes than. You know, Mr. Jordan simply worrying about. About us. Now, I'm not saying that's, I'm not that cynical. Uh, based on what I've heard from Mr. Jordan, again, I don't know Mr. Jordan. I've never met Mr. Jordan. I've never talked with Mr. Jordan. He may simply look at this as, you know what? It's really bad that, that BOA starts handing over um, uh, data about their customers. The question is, what does this have to do with writing laws? Now, maybe Mr. Jordan is investigating putting together a law to prevent uh, certain institutions from handing over financial data without a warrant. Maybe. It's not what I've seen. It's not what I've heard. Uh, so, again, I'm looking at this much more of a, a, political, um, a political position. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's a little bit of the GOP's now got the House and... Uh, the FBI is being run by a, a Democratic president, so maybe there's a little bit of that. It wouldn't surprise me one itsy-bitsy little bit. Because if you're really worried about how money's being treated, well, you really should be looking in your own backyard, Mr. Jordan. See, according to uh, an Inspector General report, $2.5 billion, with a B, billion dollars in humanitarian aid sent to Afghanistan um, well, the taxpayers have, the, the U.S. government has no idea where that money went. They don't know where it's going. They're just two and a half billion dollars. We don't even, a rounding error. We don't, we don't care. 
See, the Special Inspector General for Afghan Reconstruction told the House Foreign Affairs Committee that um, oversight and cooperation from the Biden administration and the State Department have been minimal. Um, he says that the State Department has basically obfuscated, delayed reports, ordered their employees not to talk to us. We've gone out of our way to work with them, but we're still not getting cooperation. Uh, the, the Inspector General said point blank, we don't know where the money's going. We do not know where the money is going. And that it's quite likely, in his opinion, that the Taliban is diverting some of that money to, well, their own beneficiary, shall we say. This is very interesting because there have been people asking for an accounting of the money going to Ukraine, the billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars that have gone to Ukraine. Where is it going? And we keep hearing, uh, we can't tell you that. You know, if you actually ask them to account for this money, well, that'd be bad and we just can't do that. I've already heard a report of that some of the money knowingly that went to Ukraine went to fund their pension plans, their government pension plans. I thought we sent the money to fight a war. We're, we're going broke and we're giving them money to fund their pension system. Now, that's not to say that, uh, you know, greed when it comes to American taxpayer dollars is limited to those overseas like the Taliban or Ukraine. Oh, no, no, no. Some of the greediest people, well, they're right there in government. Again, this is the second time that the IRS says, you know what? Um, we want to we want to make sure that if you do business through Venmo or PayPal, that um, you don't you don't skirt the law. See, basically what they're trying to do is they're trying to get a new 1099 form. They call it a 1099K um, for people who earn money through, uh, and get, or I should say get paid through Venmo and PayPal. So, you know, imagine, you know, you know some of them, you know, you got, you got people that are, are, you know, I don't know, they're doing businesses and they get paid through PayPal. Um, you know, in the past, I've... Uh, um, I've transferred money uh, back and forth between friends through PayPal. Um, I, you know, not business, just, you know, stuff, but uh, more and more, a lot of these these businesses, you do business online, if if they're selling stuff for you, they want to pay you through PayPal. And, you know, so you've got the 1099K form, and I'm like, yeah, one more tax form to make tax season just that much more miserable. Now, what's interesting is how this kind of came about. See, um, it used to be you had to file a, a 1099-A, I think it is. If in a year, you did $20,000 worth of business. But apparently through the American Rescue Plan, another one of these ginormous omnibus bills, they decided to lower it from 20000 to um, 600 for using a third-party platform. Now, what does this mean? Okay. Let's say, um, you know, uh, uh, <clears throat> I don't know, you've got a small business. You, you're you uh, buying and selling stuff through through Amazon or you, you mow lawns or whatever. It used to be if you did less than $20,000 a year, no harm, no foul. Now, if you do $600 a year, they want you to, the, the, the uh, uh, PayPal and Venmo are going to send you a 1099K. 
Now, you're still legally required to report this uh, income, whether it came through a third party or not. But now it's the the the, the um it the ten ninety k nine k is about they want to verify it. And okay, I understand that. But really, from twenty thousand dollars to six hundred dollars, is that really who the IRS is is targeting? I I I thought uh, uh, all those extra uh, uh, employees they asked for the eight was eighty thousand employees was to go after millionaires and billionaires. Not people making $600, $700, $800 a year through a payment system like PayPal or Venmo. Just kind of goes to show, you know, it's not what they say, it's what they do that matters. Now, they get a lot of pushback. The, you know, people don't like this idea. So there's a lot of pushback. So once again, the IRS has pushed this back. Um, I guess what they're going to do is just keep reminding people and then pushing it back until people don't speak up, until people don't push back hard enough. And then one day, guess what? Yep, $600. You know, you, you, uh, uh, your kid in college uh, you'll need some, some cash to pay for things, so you send them $1,000 over PayPal, and uh, you get a 1099K form because, well, guess what? He may have been, that may have been income. And as all this happens, you can take all this back to 1913 and the 16th Amendment, when the states of the United States had the brilliant idea that said uh, the federal government should uh, be able to tax income. You know, before 1913, unless you were in the military, the only contact you had with the federal government was the post office. Now the federal government wants to know Everything you buy, every every dime you make, and everywhere you spend it. You say they don't care about how you spend? Oh, they do care because of all those deductions. You know, you want to do things that get, get you deductions, so they have to know about it. All because somebody thought it'd be a bright idea to let government tax our income. Remember, what you tax, you get less of. And what you subsidize, you get more of. So... I guess the purpose of the federal government is to uh, decrease your income by taxing it. You know, I remember as a kid, I was probably uh, maybe 8, 10 years old. I remember hearing a story of my uncle. He got a raise at work, and well, he was real excited until he realized it put him in a new tax bracket, and he was actually taking home less money after he got the raise and before. It's kind of what this mess is all about. Now, I have to take a break. Before I go, I want to let you know I've got a sale going on on the website. Go to constitutionstudy.com slash shop. Check out my books. All of my books are 20% off now until New Year's Eve. You've got till then to get any of my books, digital, printed versions, doesn't matter, 20% off on all of them. I've also got some T-shirts that I've put on clearance. So I've got my um, Remember September 11th T-shirts. I've got a few of my Earn This t-shirts. These are while supplies last. They are 50% off. That's right, 50, half price, but they're while supplies last. So again, head to constitutionstudy.com slash shop. Check it out. See what you want. And uh, hey, maybe give me a little Christmas present by buying a book or, or one of those t-shirts. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes around the holidays, things get crazy. And I'll get to the end of the day and... The, I'm burnt out. I'm toast. The mind's just not all there. I can't focus. I'm having a hard time getting stuff done. 
but I still got work to do. Well, that's when I reach for focus and recall from Healthy Self. See, it boosts my short-term focus and my long-term brain power using nothing but their vitamins. That's right, vitamins. No caffeine, no sugar, vitamins, and it works. I grab a gel pack, I keep them in my bag, I grab one, I suck it down, and about 10, 15 minutes later, my focus comes back and I can get the work done. Now, as an America Out Loud listener, you can get 25% off your first order of Focus and Recall or anything from Healthy Cell. Find out the details at americaoutloud.shop. Basically, go to healthycell.com, check out all their great products, put your cart together, use the code OUTLOUD at checkout. It lets them know that you listen to America Out Loud, and as a thank you, you get 25% off your first order. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. In 2008, people could spend an average of 12 seconds on a task without becoming distracted. Five years later, it was only eight seconds. The digital age is narrowing our attention span. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top, shoot it down. Thousands of five-star reviews proves it works. Supercharge your brain and see the difference. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Welcome back, everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitution study. You know, today we're talking about fiscal mismanagement. We've talked a lot about the federal government, but they're not the only ones, and they're not the only ones we should be concerned with. I don't know if you noticed a recent announcement, but uh, Eric Adams, mayor of New York City, is making funding cuts. Now, look at where he's cutting. He's cutting funds for schools, for law enforcement, for fire the fire department, why? Well, see, he's got an illegal alien crisis. See, the city of New York said, hey, we'll be a sanctuary city. Come one, come all. We'll take care of you. We'll make sure you've got everything you need. 
And, um, well, guess what? They started taking them up on it. Now, I, this has been interesting because part of it were states that said, fine, you want us, you want people, you know, illegal aliens? Hey, illegal alien, you want to go to New York City? Sure, we'll send you up to New York City. But they've been getting flooded as more and more people going, hey, you'll get free stuff. They show up. Because of that, I think the city said they ran, what, a $12 billion um, a deficit projection? Um, so they got to get the money somewhere. See, unlike the federal government, cities can't simply print money. So he's got to save money somewhere. As I said, you know, I, I mentioned the, some of them. They're, they're going to close libraries on Sundays. Um, the police department is freezing all their hiring. Um, the, uh, uh, the city's even offering migrants free travel just to send them somewhere else. Now, again, this comes down to fiscal mismanagement because I forget where it is in Scripture. It says, who will build a tower without first counting the cost? Well, apparently, mayors of New York City do that. He simply said, yes, we will you know, send everybody you want. And they didn't count the cost. I, maybe they didn't think people would actually show up. Maybe they didn't consider the, um, the long-term ramifications. But now he's found that the price is quite high, and well, in order to pay the piper, he's got he's to take jobs away from residents of New York City. Now, I want you to think about this, because um, with the re retirements, the lack of, of police hiring means the NYPD will drop below uh, 30,000 for the first time in... Uh, Decades? I mean, it's been quite a while since there have been uh, less than 30,000 police officers. This, by the way, while crime is, uh, well, last I checked, violent crime was pretty pretty uh, uh, prevalent there in New York City. Kind of puts you in a, in a catch-22, doesn't it? Oh, and for all of those who are concerned about school safety, uh, yeah, the latest class of school safety officers, about 250 of them, yeah, they're not getting hired either. The school, the city's actually asking parents to volunteer to fill the cap, which, um, now granted, hey, parents want to volunteer. That's a great idea. I have no problem with parents volunteering to help out at the schools, but um, did they get the training of the safety officers and those safety agents that they call them? Um, were they going to be armed safety agents or 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 not? Because you got to remember, it's next to impossible to get a carry permit in New York City uh, unless you're famous or really politically connected. See, this is, again, the fiscal mismanagement. Now, whether his heart was in the right place or he, or he had, you know, a, a, a great idea, there's a cost to every decision we make. That includes saying, hey, if you're in the country illegally, come here, we'll take care of you. This is just one more step. And again, it's not the first, and it's likely not to be the last. And it's going to be the people of New York City that are paying the price. But then again, it's the people of New York City that hired Mr. Adams in the first place, so maybe that is the right place for it to be to fall. Of course, Mr. Adams doesn't want to pay for the price, and, and Governor Hochul doesn't want to pay the price. No, they want the federal government to come in and 
bail them out from their bad decisions. Of course, that's not constitutional, but when has that, that stopped the federal government from doing anything, at least in the last several decades? Now, sometimes the fiscal issues are, are not uh, readily apparent. I don't know if you heard about this, but uh, was it last week, roughly 150 rioters blockaded the entrance to the Democratic National Committee building. See, they were protesting the fact that the uh, uh, DNC, um, they provided tentative support for Israel in the conflict with Hamas. Tentative. I'm not talking about a full-throated, you know, uh, we support Israel. But just a, a tentative support. And for that, the, um, the DNC was blockaded. Now, this gets a little more interesting because the, the groups that blockaded the, the DNC, uh, if not now, Jewish Voice for Peace, uh, Democratic Socialists of America, they were apparently involved in the blockade, in, in um, uh, preventing people to access the, uh, 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 the, the DNC. Now, what's interesting is all of these groups, well, guess where they get some of their funding? Uh, George Soros. Now, I'm sure I could spend a lot of time talking about the uh, 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 the fact that, you know, the, 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 the mildest of, uh, I, of voices of support for Israel leads people to go crazy. We weren't talking. They weren't talking about having Israel wipe out Palestine. They were the last I saw. It was you know, Biden saying, "You know, hey, we should come to a ceasefire. We should, you know, Israel needs to. Israel deserves to exist." I heard another story the other day on the radio about um, a Jewish New York City coffee shop owner who, when he put a um, a bucket out to collect donations for the, the families of the victims in Israel, all of his baristas walked out, all of them. Now, what was interesting is twofold. Part of it was um, the fact that while well, the, um, the reasons given by the baristas said they don't make sense, they're making claims that have no, no validity behind them, but it was actually the community that came to this man's aid to help him keep his coffee shop running, simply for collecting money for people Harmed because they were in Israel. Now, listen, George Soros is free to spend his money wherever he wants. I may dislike it. You may dislike it. I think he's caused a lot of damage by that. Uh, in not specifically these groups, but in his fundings of, of district attorney races for district attorneys that refuse to enforce the law. But I want you to ask you, if you support, you know, check out where are you donating money? Does that money end up in one of the Soros groups? And could that be money that was sent to riot against the DNC for the smallest of support uh, for, uh, for Israel? Uh, because six officers were injured and one rioter was injured when the Capitol Police tried to remove the protesters. Now, they didn't remove the protesters because they were protesting. They didn't remove the protesters because uh, apparently they are anti-Semitic. No, they were members of Congress inside the building. That's why Capitol Police got involved. 
And in fact, according to Capitol Police, this group was not peaceful. But I want you to consider, have you donated directly or indirectly possibly to, say, the Open Society Foundation, to Jewish Voice for Peace? I mean, Jewish Voice for Peace sounds great. Maybe, uh, probably not the Democratic Socialists of America, but you never know. A lot of people probably listen to this program. Are we being wise with where we are donating our money? See, just as Mr. Soros has the right to spend his money where he sees fit, as long as he isn't breaking the law, you have the money to donate where you see fit, as long as you're not breaking the law. And it's why I have moved a lot of my stuff around. Um, I now moved my phone system from, uh, to, to, I should say, to Patriot Mobile, because I wanted a company that was, um, let's say, less antagonistic to my way of life and my, my uh, understanding of the Constitution. But I think it's, it's, it's important that we pay attention to where we donate money. Don't simply take a nice name or a pretty face or, or you know, fancy publications. Where's that money actually being used? And then decide for yourself. If you don't like where the money's being used, Go somewhere else. There's several products I refuse to buy anymore because of where that money ends up going. That's our fiscal responsibility. And if we don't like the idea of George Soros funding these groups that apparently are quite anti-Semitic, maybe we should make sure we're not donating money there. The same way I won't keep any money at the Bank of America because of what they do. We, we need to consider these things. We need to think. We need to prepare. We need to consider the possibilities of the future. Because I read this story about a, a Millie Stewart. I'd never heard of her before this. She's an Australian actress. And she's in the middle of a lawsuit. See, back in, tw- in February 2020, before the COVID insanity, she was starring in Belfast in the musical Kiss Me Kate. Now, she can barely put a sentence together. She only, she speaks very slowly because she suffered the side effect, a a rare side effect of the AstraZeneca vaccine. Now, again, it is a rare side effect. I mean, this is, people aren't dropping like flies. But I want you to consider this. Here's a person who had what seems to be a great career, a tremendous future. And the blink of an eye, it's gone. Who knows what her future life will be like? And you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. See, when I talk about fiscal mismanagement, we also need to consider our own fiscal management and mismanagement. Again, there's no guarantee that you have a tomorrow. There's no guarantee that, and again, maybe it's not a vaccine uh, a side effect. Maybe it's just cancer diagnosis or something else. Many of you may not know this. My wife has MS. It changed our lives drastically. There's no guarantee for the future. It's why, whether you're dealing with fiscal policy or 
or your own home finances or anything, we really should consider the future. I don't simply mean, you know, uh, investment plans. What is your life going to look like in the future? Are you preparing for the different possibilities of the future? You, you see this, this, this idea that, you know, uh, the Secretary of Treasury's job is to promote the Biden agenda. To me, means we're probably going to end up in, in, in more financial distress. Watching trillions of dollars effectively uh, borrowed and used to promote uh, political agendas, not a long-term solution. Spending time focusing about baggage fees when our fiscal, the, the country's fiscal house is on fire doesn't seem like a wise plan for the future. Again, I don't expect people in government to ever become sound fiscal managers. There may be a few here and there, but as a whole, they're terrible at it. And in my opinion, the reason is quite simple. It's not their money. I remember, well, this is a blast pack. Decades ago, I was working for a small businessman, and uh, we had, uh, he had visitors from uh, China, the communist China. They were they were here for a meeting. And the thing I remember about them is they looked at every they, they were on a business trip, so they had expenses. But they looked at every dollar they spent as if it was their own. They treated it like it was their own. It was the people's money, and they were responsible for it. And they were extremely frugal with it. I wish more politicians, more bureaucrats would recognize that those checks they're writing, those grants they're giving, those quote-unquote investments they're making, they're the blood, sweat, and tears of everyday Americans. You know, if you have someone you ask to, to manage finances, some sort of financial, and they're not doing a very good job of it, maybe we should find somebody better. If they don't treat your money as valuable, you should find somebody better. I found a financial manager years ago that treated my money as if it was his own, invested it wisely. And I've had a couple more since then. But that's always the, the judge. How do they treat my money? Do they treat it the same way they would treat their own? If they don't, maybe we need better people handling our money. And since we're talking about government and everybody in government takes an oath to support the Constitution of the United States, if they're not using that money in a constitutionally sound manner, maybe we should find somebody else as well. I have a good idea. Well, how do we start doing that in our own backyards? You know, a few months ago, I was at a town hall for our county government. And uh, one of the people there made a comment about how they go about um, you know, budgeting and taxes and stuff. And I was going to be quiet. I was, my plan was to sit there and listen, to simply be quiet. But I, had, I found my hand stuck up in the air. And when I said something, I said, there's the problem. So you figure out how much money you can collect and then what you're going to spend it on. What you should be doing is finding out what is it we want you to do and how, many, how much in taxes do we need to pay for it. That's my idea. A lot of people at that meeting seem to like that idea. 
but I think that's an idea we need to return to. We need to make sure that those we send to government, whether it be our county government or the federal government, are sound with how they treat our money. They're above board, and they're constitutionally and fiscally responsible. Because if you can't do that, how can I trust you with anything? Now, I trust you well, to come back and join us every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on America Out Loud Talk Radio, heard in the iHeartRadio network. All the Constitution Study episodes go to podcasts generally a day or two after they're heard on the radio, so you can listen to them in your favorite podcast app. But please, subscribe to the show. Leave the episode's ratings and reviews, especially on Apple. It helps other people find the Constitution Study as well. Find all the links you need at the homepage at americaoutloud.news. But do your part. Share those links, share that information, and share the blessings of liberty.